This is part three of the signs of Jesus's return. And this is really more about preparation, um, beginning with Matthew 25. At that time, the kingdom of heaven will be like 10 virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The foolish ones took their lamps, but did not take any oil with them. The wise ones, however, took oil in jars along with their lamps. The bridegroom was a long time in coming, and they all became drowsy and fell asleep. I'm going to pause right there because all of this obviously is symbolism. And um, it's talking about preparation. It's talking about us preparing ourselves for Jesus's return. Um, the Jesus is the bridegroom. Throughout scripture, we will find the reference to Jesus being the bridegroom. And the, the ten virgins, these are people who are prepared to meet Jesus. Um, it, it doesn't mean female people. It, it means all those who have prepared themselves to meet Jesus. Because um, people often say the church are, I would just say, believers um, rather than the church. The church are the believers. The Holy Spirit resides in believers. So the people who have the Holy Spirit dwelling within them, those are the people. Um, but some of them are prepared and some of them are not. And that's what Jesus is. And Jesus is the one who told this parable to his disciples. So he's telling us that there's the bridegroom was a long time in coming, and I just I touched on that a little bit um, in part two, so I won't do that again. But yeah, Jesus didn't turn around and come back right away when the, his disciples thought he might, um, and no one knows the day or the hour that he's coming, but the whole point in his delay is to m make it possible for other people to become saved and to have God's spirit dwelling within them so that they have eternity with God in the future. So, but all of us who are, who call ourselves Christians, we have to be prepared for the day Jesus returns. And it says they all became drowsy and fell asleep. So I think this is almost affirmation that Jesus was giving to his disciples that it's going to be a while. And a lot of times when you say be drowsy and fall asleep, sometimes fall asleep in the Bible is kind of, it's, it's when somebody dies, but they are asleep in Christ. So they are maybe believers or their faith has preserved them, but they are asleep until Jesus returns. So getting back to the parable, at midnight, the cry rang out, here's the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all the virgins woke up and trimmed their lamps. The foolish ones said to the wise, give us some of your oil, our lamps are going out. No, they replied, there may not be enough for both of us and you. Instead, go to those who sell oil and buy some for yourselves. But while they were on their way to buy the oil, the bridegroom arrived. The virgins who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet, and the door was shut. Later, the others who also came, Lord, Lord, they said, open the door for us. But he replied, truly, I tell you, I don't know you.
Therefore, keep watch because you do not know the day or the hour. So this is really, I mean, that's, that's a verse that I think all of us should really think about. Does Jesus know us? Do we, he obviously knows who we are, but do we have a relationship with him? Do we communicate with him daily? Do we seek him for guidance in our everyday life? Have we asked Jesus for the Holy Spirit to guide our lives? Have we told Jesus, I want to be with you in eternity. Please send your Holy Spirit to me to guide me, to keep me on the narrow path so that I do make it to eternity. Because obviously in this parable, these were 10 virgins. So these were 10 people that were, I guess, thinking that they were prepared. So this is, again, where surprise is going to come about. And Jesus is telling this in a parable that these people, these 10 virgins, there's 10 of them, they all think they're prepared. They all have the, the features, the oil lamps, but not all of them are truly prepared. And that's the wake-up call that I think needs to come about all Christians. Are you fully prepared Have you done what you need to do? Do you have God's spirit residing in you? And when you first become a Christian or make that decision, you may or may not. I mean, you have to ask Jesus. But the thing is that you, you, it's, I I don't, it's like a chicken and egg kind of a thing. Because I personally believe that you need to ask Jesus for the Holy Spirit so that you can get rid of sin in your life. Because Our flesh is weak, but the spirit is strong. The Holy Spirit, if you give God that permission, the Holy Spirit can start working in you. Um, I didn't think that way in the beginning, and I I thought I needed to probably change, you know, my life, or I wasn't I wasn't ready yet because I still had sin in my life, so I wasn't ready to commit my life to Jesus, and and so I kind of delayed because I was still hanging on to things. But I think what I should have done is given my life to Jesus and asked for the Holy Spirit and asked him to work in me because that's ultimately what will change our life. And when we allow God, we give God permission because it's our intent that we want that change. God will give his spirit to us because he knows we truly, it's truly heartfelt. It's a decision that we're making so don't try to do it on your own because I think it's kind of too hard. I think you need to, at that moment, just tell Jesus, help me. You know, surrender your life. Say, take over my life. Guide me. Give me the Holy Spirit so that I make better choices, so that I can be strong when I'm not strong, so that I can have what I need to have in order to end up in eternity with you. God wants us in eternity. That's what we have to know. So the things that we struggle with, those are only blocks and barricades put in place by the enemy that doesn't want us with God, that wants to separate us from God. So in order, God is stronger than that. God is more powerful than that. And that is why we need to just ask God for this help. Don't try to do it on your own. That's the thing. Put your trust in God. Put your trust in Jesus and ask Jesus 
for the tools that you need in order to become successful, in order for you to be a winner, in order for you to make it till the end. But there is preparation that's involved. It's not just believe in Jesus like some preachers will tell you. All you have to do is believe. Well, Satan believes there is Jesus, but Satan is not going to be in God's kingdom. He's banished from God's kingdom. So it's not just belief. And and as um, Jesus's brother James um, says in his gospel, is or in his um, book, I mean, he says. You know, as far as faith, how do you show faith? I mean, it, faith is not by works. You're not going to ever get there on your own. You can't make it into the hing- kingdom of God without Jesus. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No one gets to the Father except through him. So it's only through Jesus that we get into eternity. So we can never be good enough. Even if we think we're a good person, we're not good enough. We still need Jesus no matter what. So if you're the most sinful person or you think you are the most righteous person, you still need Jesus. You're still not you're still not perfect and you're not there and you're not going to be there. You'll never get there on your own. You need Jesus. And that's the whole thing that we all have to humble ourselves or some have to humble because maybe we think we're too good or much better than we are. And then others who recognize that we are sinners need to recognize that God knows that. Everybody's a sinner. So don't beat yourself up. We've all made bad choices. But the good thing is that we're still living and breathing and we can still say to God, I messed up, I need you, and I need you to change me. And we need to be prepared. We need to know Jesus. So don't let any... Bible preaching church tell you that all you need to do is believe because that is partial truth. It's not the whole truth. Um, Believe, uh, I guess, as I was starting to say about James, um, what he said was that I will show you my faith by my actions. It's not that your actions will get you there, but if you believe, you will start to because of the work the Holy Spirit does within us, we will start to emulate the way Jesus lived. We're never going to be perfect like him, but we're going to start, there, there should be a difference that people will notice in people who have God's Spirit because there will be a gradual change into a better person like Jesus was because of the Holy Spirit's work within a person. So that's just something to make to know really okay then jesus told another parable about preparation the parable of the bags of gold and then there's still another one so i hope i can get all this in okay again it will be like a man going on a journey who called his servants and entrusted his wealth to them to one he gave five bags of gold to another two bags and to another one bag each according to his ability so as far as this symbolism goes, um, the man going on the journey is Jesus. And he called his servants, those who believe in him, and he entrusted the his wealth, which is the gospel, the story. Um, I say story, but I mean, it's, it's real. Uh, but 
about the salvation that is available to us. So that's his wealth, the information about how to get to eternity with God. So Jesus went on a journey. He had his disciples, his servants, the people who the people who are believers, and he entrusted the story about him and about God to them. And to one, he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one bag, each according to his ability. So each of these servants has to do something with what Jesus has given them, the knowledge that Jesus has given them about eternity. And then he went on his journey. Jesus went on his journey. He went back to heaven. The man who received five bags of gold went out at once and put his money to work and gained five more bags. These are you know, the bags of gold, these are precious to God. God wants all his people. So he was given five. He went out and got, let's just say five people, you know, five more bags of gold and brought them to Jesus. So this is about, about sharing the gospel with people, sharing the good news about the ability to be in eternity, the ability that we have through Jesus to be in eternity with God. The man who had received, oh, I read that already. Okay, so also the one with two bags of gold gained two more. But the man who had received one bag went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid his master's money. So that's somebody who learns about the word of God, learns about the gospel, and then just buries it and doesn't tell anybody else about it. He just keeps it safe. Maybe he thinks he's saved or maybe he's just done... You know, he's, he's taking care of himself, but he's not sharing it with anybody else. So here, listen to what Jesus says. After a long time, the master, after a long time, okay, so Jesus' return is a long time from when he told the story to his followers. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received five bags of gold brought the other five. Master, he said, You entrusted me with five bags of gold. See, I have gained five more. His master replied, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with two bags of gold also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two bags of gold. See, I gained two more. His master replied, Well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I put you in charge of many th- I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. Then the man who had received one bag of gold came. Master, he said, I knew that you were a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown, and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was afraid, and I went out and I hid your gold in the ground. See, here is what belongs to you. His master replied, You wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed? Well then, you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. So take the bag of gold from him and give it to the one who had ten bags For whoever has will be given more, and they will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what they have will be taken from them. 
and throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. (coughs) So if we know the good news of the Bible, which is that our life here on earth is temporary and Jesus made it possible for us to be in eternity, to be immortal beings, we have to understand we are going to be living, breathing, walking. Um, We're going to have supernatural um, abilities. Jesus gave us evidence of that when he appeared after his resurrection to his followers, and it was documented in the Bible. There is life after this earth that we are on right now. This earth that we are on right now is transition. It is a testing ground to see who is going to love God back. We are all being tested right now. And if you don't know this, you need to know this and you need to share this with other people because there's a lot of people that are still in darkness that have, you know, they go to church regularly. That doesn't mean they're going to be in heaven. That doesn't mean that they're going to be in God's kingdom. There are many people, in fact, Jesus even told at other points in the Bible, like there are going to be prostitutes and tax collectors who were there before some of the Pharisees that were, the Pharisees were the people that kept all of God's commands. They were, they were doing all of the things they were supposed to do, but they didn't believe in Jesus. They rejected Jesus. So the point is people have to know Jesus. People have to know that we are only here for a short period of time in comparison to eternity and that our time here on earth matters and the people that we know and the people in our lives are the ones that we can impact by this with this information and we don't have to force anybody to believe that but that's the hard part is when you finally, because I, I can say that from experience, because I was in the dark, I didn't know about this. And then as soon as that light clicked on, as soon as it all made sense, and as soon as I knew this was truth, oh my gosh, I wanted to make it happen for everybody else at the same time that it happened for me. And I think I freaked a lot of people out because I kind of went at it that way. But people, when you finally, when it does click for you, you're probably going to have that same experience because you're going to know, you know, know deep down that it is true and you're not going to have any doubt. And then you're going to realize how close we are to Jesus's return. And then you're going to want to make sure that everybody you know, that everybody you care about has that same understanding and that they are prepared. Because just like Jesus is saying here, what we do with what God gives us does matter. There's preparation. So there's one more part. It's the sheep and the goats. And I will read this. When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom. 
prepared for you since the creation of the world. So God has been preparing this since the beginning of the world, okay? God is omnipresent. He knows the future. He knows the past. He's he's been in existence forever. He's eternal. He has no beginning and no end. It He is above all. And this is the message that Jesus came to the earth to tell and then asked people that he told the message to, to share it with other people. So there is a reward at the end when you get to the end. So then Jesus says, for I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. All of these examples are literal examples, but they are also symbolic examples because the word of God is also talked about as the bread of life. So if someone is hungry and you gave them something to eat, that's sharing the word of God with someone. Jesus talked about having um, water at the well that would make someone never thirsty again. So people who are thirsty, who need God's word, who need the water of life, that is what is symbolic in this when people give that to people. I was a stranger and you invited me and there are many strangers to God, but the people who know God's word can invite others in to get to know God, to get to know Jesus. I needed clothes and you clothed me. There could be a literal sense of that, but there can also be a symbolic sense of that. And it all has to do with the Bible. I was sick and you looked after me. Jesus said he came, you know, like the the health, it's the sick that need a doctor, um, not the healthy. So all people can do that. Um, when they talk about sick, it can be sick in a sinful sense. And Jesus is giving that ability to all people who believe in him that can help other people. And then people being in prison and coming to visit, that could be anybody who's in hardship, who is imprisoned in sin, that people administer to, that people help them get them out of that prison, out of being a slave to sin, so that you can have freedom, the freedom that is known through Jesus in eternity with God. Back to the parable. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you as a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go visit you? The king will reply, truly, I tell you, whatever you did for the one of the least of these brothers and sisters of mine, you did for me. Then he will say to the <clears throat> then he will say to those on his left, depart from me, you who are cursed into the eternal fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison and you did not look after me. They will also answer, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needing clothes or sick or in prison and did not help you? He will reply, 
Truly, I tell you, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. Then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. And that's the end of the parable of the sheep and goats. So it, it's very important for all of us to know Jesus and to share what is in the gospel, to first learn what's in the gospel, and then secondly, share it with other people, because there are a lot of lost people. And the thing that you can do if you're, obviously, if you're, <clears throat> if you know the Bible front and back, you need to share it with people. If you don't know the Bible front to back, then you need to learn it and get with a group of people. I do think that it's really good to have a mixture of people, those who are very seasoned in terms of knowing the Bible and knowing scripture inside and out, mixed with people who don't know it so that you can all learn from others and have conversations. Small groups of people that are all commonly seeking Jesus are a good thing. And and it's good to have a group of people who may have questions and can ask questions in that group setting and more of an intimate group setting where you can you can have discussions about that because it takes a long time to learn these things and there's so much symbolism and so much to continually learn and no one is going to have all of this knowledge that's in the Bible that's available to us but over time, as we study it, we learn more and more and more, and we can learn more from other people, other people pointing out or even questioning things that are hard to comprehend. Somebody in the group might know the answer to that, or somebody might bring about a question that somebody else is afraid to ask, but all of this helps to grow your faith, and it's really important. So you can certainly do a lot of this on your own, but it's also good to be with a group of people who have common interest. And I encourage people to do that as well. I hope that podcasts that I create help you grow in your faith because that's ultimately what I want for you and for other people that you know so that your faith can be grown because I do believe the time is really critical that we are getting close and that we will be the generation that sees Jesus return. And I believe preparation needs to happen now because it's going to be harder to prepare later. If times are extremely stressful, if we are in high levels of distress, you're not going to have that, that time to take action and to do something to focus on learning. You're going to be focused on day-to-day survival if it gets as bad as what this makes it sound like it could get. So right now we are not quite there yet, but we are right. I think we're close. And I think now is the time. Don't delay. Uh, Start doing it today. Get together with some friends. You know, maybe start doing some group studies or group reading or do something Um, to further your knowledge of the Bible, definitely pray and get a Bible if you don't have one. At a minimum, get a free download, YouVersion Bible app. I always recommend that. 
Um, there's so much on there. But just start learning. Start seeking if you aren't already. And if you already have all this stuff down, start sharing if you're not sharing. Make sure that you're bringing other people to God because that's, that's the whole purpose. All of us have a purpose. All of us have gifts and talents. And each one has something different to bring to other people. But ultimately, our role and our purpose in life is to bring others into eternity with us. That's what Jesus wants. God wants us with him. And we need to help each other get there. We need to be support for each other because all of us will have tough times. All of us will have times of temptation. We'll have times where we our faith might not be as strong. So the people who have strong faith need to encourage the people whose faith is weakening. And it's it's it takes all of us and we have to like team together and help one another. And that's part of being prepared. That's what Jesus was telling us in these parables that we need to do. The preparation time is now.